Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 7th of October 2022. It's a football Friday. And on today's show, we preview a big weekend in the Big 12. College Game Day is in the Big 12. Red River is happening in the Big 12. Farmageddon is happening in the Big 12. A future Big 12 team is playing Notre Dame in Las Vegas this weekend. A full breakdown of this weekend's action coming y'all's way next on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, folks, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, uh, fired up for this weekend, so fired up, glad you guys are with us. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow this thing as much as possible. Tell your friends about it as well. Also, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about this weekend's games. Let us know your picks, which players will shine brightest this weekend. Uh, appreciate that. Make sure you guys find the podcast, too, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Let's just get a lay of the land before we get into all the games this weekend. This is where we sit right now. Uh, you know, some teams playing uh, one Big 12 game. Some teams have played two as we head into what is technically week number six of the season. But you see the top of the league there, four undefeated teams left in the league, four undefeated teams uh, in conference play, obviously. And, uh, you know, three undefeated overall left. Two of them are going at it this weekend in Kansas and TCU. You know, I think right now I'm pretty comfortable saying I like Oklahoma State where they're at right now. I know they've got nine games left in conference, but have to like the way they looked last weekend. Still a good Baylor test on the road. KU and TCU, I think whoever wins that game is going to be right up there, and we have to consider them seriously as a Big 12 title challenger. Kansas State, with the way they looked the last two weeks too, I think you have to consider that as well. I would say the next tier is going to be right now kind of a combination of teams. Would definitely say Texas is at 1-1. One they looked great last week against West Virginia, and I think they got a chance to look great again this week. Uh, in that next tier also, I'd say probably whoever loses the KU-TCU game, still a good team. I'd put Baylor in there too. And I'd say teams um, you know, I, I think probably aren't going to win the Big 12 championship, uh, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oklahoma, West Virginia. I would say Iowa State, West Virginia are in the back there. I'd put Oklahoma then next and uh, Texas Tech too because technically they're still one and one in the league, but – I don't like their prospects, their chances. So there you go. There's your lay of the land, all right? Competitive league, so much fun in this league uh, that we're having this season. Let's just – guys, let's just jump into this slate because I'm, I'm so fired up for the, the biggest game of the day not being Red River. Um, this game between TCU and Kansas is between a 5-0 and team, a 4-0 and team. Either KU gets to 6-0, and bowl eligibility, 3-0 and the league, or TCU is a house of fire – especially on offense feels like so far uh, in the big 12 after this, if, if they were to win this game. And one of these teams is getting into the top 15, right? Uh, with Oklahoma state this weekend, if they take care of business, somebody you think is going to be joining them. And this game, 11 o'clock FS one college game day. We know all about it. Uh, six and a half points spread over under is 69. So diving into this game, guys, one thing that I really noticed is that these two teams have a lot of similarities when it comes to, hey, what do they do? Um, what do these teams do well, right? What are these teams, you know, kind of profiles? Well, both of these teams are very good at running the football. When it comes to expected points added per play, so let's just say how, you know, if you run uh, 70 offensive plays and you scored 70 points in that game, your expected points added in that were 
Uh, it's one per play, right? That's just a, it's just just an example. The EPA per play, expected points added per play. TCU is number six in the country. Kansas is number seven in the country on offense. So expected points added per play. Here's the big kicker though, which is amazing. TCU's rushing offense is the expected points added per play is 0.411. So for every rush attempt they have, they score point, they're scoring 0.411 points per that rushing attempt. That is best in the country. That is nuts. It's really impressive to see how good they've been running the football this season. Both these defenses also not excellent this year. They've given up a lot of yardage, given up some points in some cases, right? Uh, I think about the West Virginia game for Kansas, certain times for them against Houston, certain times for them against Duke, they gave up some points as well. We're very good last week against Iowa State, but we think Iowa State's offense is pretty bad. And uh, TCU gave up some points against SMU, gave up some points against OU, but the points against OU didn't really matter as much. But are we still, are we all sure that we're super sold on TCU's defense? No, I'm not all the way there yet, but I think TCU's defense is a bit better than Kansas's. This is, this is where this game comes down to. Both these offenses are very good. Kansas, um, still explosive, a bit more methodical than TCU is. TCU is just a house of fire. They've got 19 plays over 30 yards or more on the season. That's second best in the country, and they've only played four games. Everybody else around them, the Ohio State, the whoever else has gotten the explosive plays, they've all played five games. TCU's only played four and has those 19 plays over 30 yards. That's tremendous. Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes have done an awesome job so far with this offense. And so what I'm interested here is whose defense steps up, whose defense causes the big turnover, gets the big takeaway, puts their offense in good position, and the offense is do they cash in? Do they make sure they get the points off the turnovers to, you know, to kind of put their team up or swing the game back in their team's direction? That's The defense is what's going to matter here because these two offenses have been so good this year. Um, and I think, I think their offenses are pretty even. They do it in different ways. Good Lord. But the problem is TC or, or Kansas rather just lost Daniel Highshaw and they're coming off one of their, their worst performances, their worst offensive performance of the season. So with that, you know, can they just bounce back immediately? Is Iowa state's defense really good? Uh, you know, kind of what are we looking for here? I just give the edge. I just get, and I know you got a lot of running backs there at KU. I just give the edge to TCU. I think that their defense will be able to make a play or two, but uh, these quarter these two quarterbacks have done a great job taking care of the football this year. It's just going to matter of, of which defense can force that turnover, can make that play, because if they're not, I mean, we're going to have a ton of points. I might be wrong. This, this game might just come down to whose defense gets a little red zone roulette, a little stop in the red zone, right? Who's kicking field goals, not not scoring touchdowns. It could, cut, it could come to that, but I think it's going to be somebody making a play on defense. That's going to come down a couple plays on defense. If you want to look, there's defensive playmakers all over the field. Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, uh, D Winters, Jamoy Hodge, who are co- my colleague at Sirius XM, Gabe Eikerson was the best player on the field last week until he got ejected for targeting in that game. Lonnie Phelps, uh, Jacoby Bryant, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Logan. Like there are guys all over these, these two teams that can make plays, even though defenses have been giving it up. So I think that's what swings this. I think it's a close game. The six and a half is a lot of points. I'm going to go with TCU. I'm going to lay a six and a half. I don't feel great about it. But once again, the big the big point here is celebration of Big 12 football happening in this game. I think TCU might be – and look, 
this is a, this is a Josh was wrong bowl. I mean, I, I picked Kansas to finish last in the league. I did pick him to win over three 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 games, and I picked TC like uh, eighth or ninth in the league. I think this year uh, they're somewhere in the back there, seventh, eighth, or ninth. So you know, I'm so glad to see these two teams. But whoever comes out of it, a definite Big Twelve title challenger, we have to respect at this point in time. I'm fired up for it. I'm so glad game day's there. I'm so glad they're not at Red River. And what else is there to be? I mean, what else is there to be said about this? Like we'll have a ton to break it down on Monday or on Sunday rather. But I'm just so fired up that this game is happening. And I think it'll be a really fun one. I do hope it's a really fun game. I do hope this is the more fun of the two games happening between OU and Texas in this game because it can show the future of the Big 12 is bright. And uh, these teams are exciting. And Kansas has been beating teams. They beat one from the AAC. They beat one from the uh, from the ACC. And now they're looking to do the same now as they get into conference play against Big 12. They already got two Big 12 wins. We'll see where they can go from there. But uh, exciting nonetheless. Exciting nonetheless. All right, let's get to that Red River game that everybody is not really fired up about. I will say this this game, my curiosity is peaked because I see this as an opportunity. Red River, 11 a.m., ABC, over under 65, uh, Texas minus 7.5. We just got the word that Quinn Ewers is going to play in this game. He's good to go. He's been cleared. Sounds like Dylan Gabriel's probably not going to play. Oklahoma got pretty banged up last week. This line to me is seven and a half because of the game that's being played, because it's 50-50, because of the circumstances, because it's Red River, because Oklahoma is the name on the jersey, because they need to win badly. Texas is the better football team. They have got more talent than Oklahoma. They have got a better quarterback, the position that matters the most than Oklahoma. It feels like they might even have a few more defensive playmakers, which is crazy to think after you know a few weeks ago, than Oklahoma does right now. This game to me, is one that Texas should be able to grab by the scruff of the neck. Do what you did against Alabama. Distribute that football all over the place. I know TCU ran all over Oklahoma. Maybe you see if you can just punch them in the mouth early with that, but this offense is at its best when they're spreading that football around. They're getting JT Sanders involved. They're getting Jordan Whittington. They're getting Xavier Worthy. They're taking those shots over the top, getting the ball in space. They're getting Roshan Johnson the ball. They're getting Bijan Robinson the ball. Variety is what makes this offense so deadly, and I want to see that again this week. I want to see more of that variety. I think maybe Quinn gets off a little bit of a shaky start, and there's so many emotions in this game, but we know – I mean, I feel pretty confident saying Texas is the better team. Oklahoma is literally a wounded animal. I mean, they've got so much uh, of that team, you know, is 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 down, down bad, I guess, for lack of a better term. And also, I don't know if any of their backup quarterbacks can function in Jeff Levy's offense. Like, you are severely limiting what you can do with Davis Bevel and Nick Evers when you're talking about what you can do with Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel's not been great so far this year, but it feels like, to me, what your options are have become much lesser in this situation. I think Texas can take control of this game, can win this football game, can win it somewhat convincingly, and can get you know, get themselves and say, all right, we're here now. We've arrived. We've, we've put what happened against Texas Tech behind us, a game that we should have won. We've got our actual QB1 now in the building. He's playing quarterback. He's back. And get him looking good, pretty good, too. Um, you know, I mean, ex- expectation-wise, like, this game's always so hard to handicap because we saw what Texas did last year. And we saw what OU did rallied, you know. But a lot of those guys are not here anymore. There's a lot missing. And so I think it's fair to say Texas is the more talented team. They have the better team. Their defense is playing, is playing better than the Oklahoma defense is. So – Maybe a rocky start early. I want to see Texas four quarters, both sides of the ball, push around Oklahoma, get that late push. 
uh, you know, don't be the one getting pushed around late. And so I think it's really important to me to see that late in this game, because if you get a lead on like a Davis Bevel or a, an Evers, right. Uh, or a general booty, whoever it is playing quarterback, you should be able to maintain it. You should be able to keep that pressure on them. I like the Longhorns getting themselves back in the big 12 title conversation after this, but this is a, this is a big 12 title eliminator. If Oklahoma loses, they've got three losses. See ya. If Texas loses, they've got two losses in the league, and they've got Oklahoma State, they've got Baylor, they've got TCU, they got Kansas, they've got all uh, they got Kansas State, they got all of those schools still left to go in the league. So Big Twelve title eliminator here, but I think Texas can put themselves in a pretty good spot. Hey everyone, quick word from our sponsors on today's show. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up your college football this season. You guys can go there, download the app today, sign up. It's available in most states. And you can find things like overs and unders for passing yards, numbers of interceptions. So if you want to take the over on Spencer Sanders passing yards, or the over on Spencer Sanders interceptions, you guys can do that. It's easy to play. You guys can go there today, sign up, use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. If you deposit 100 we'll give you 100 free to play with. Today, go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play Store as well. Once again, Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get in on that college football pick'em action today. 2.30, FS1, Texas Tech at number seven, Oklahoma State. Uh, the line is nine. Get you guys that uh, the over-under here. I forgot to put the total. Your total right now is... Uh, do 68.5, 68.5 is the over under total in this game. Look, this is a game that Oklahoma state should handle. Uh, the key for them in this game is to get to Donovan Smith, have him be the one making mistakes on offense, take care of the football. Um, you can hit explosive plays in the running game, the quarterback running game too, uh, on this Texas tech defense. We saw it happen last week. They can settle in at times. I just want to see, let's see if Oklahoma State can um, can kind of do what they did to Baylor's defense, and they can do that again this week. And when they run Spencer Sanders and he's in control of things, I really like their chances in games. I'm just really uh, – I'm happy to see him play this well, but I think they've got to be so comfortable with where, with where they are. This defensive line for Oklahoma State needs to put pressure on – Donovan Smith, because he is very mistake prone. I've said this a bunch. I mean, I want to see Donovan Smith get better, and I don't, I'm not sure he's going to keep the job moving forward. Um, they just put so much on that quarterback spot, right? You're, you're throwing the ball a lot, and he's a guy who also wants to maybe make a play or two with his feet as well. You can just see the learning curve. It's, it's happening for him. You know, uh, he's thrown for 1,475 yards, 11 touchdowns. The problem is seven INTs. He's been sacked 18 times. The line hasn't played great. He's held on the ball too long at times as well. And they're not really a super effective rushing team either. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson goes for about five yards of carry. Taj Brooks for about 4.2. And Donovan Smith has not been the most efficient runner in the world. So for them, I think it's about, you know, them trying to uh, have those long drives and also maybe try to hit some explosive plays because this you can have this Oklahoma State secondary but the problem is I think the defensive lines end up putting too much pressure on Donovan Smith. So you want to get that ball out and get the ball to the playmakers. I thought Oklahoma State's uh, linebacking core played better last week, but still you can still move the ball all over them. So let's see if Donovan Smith can mature. It's a good opportunity for him against a good defensive front, a bad secondary. So something that he should be able 
to take advantage of. Um, oh, big news here. Just getting this right now when I'm recording. I'm recording this on Thursday to air Friday. Uh, Travis Goff has a big announcement for, I believe is going to be uh, probably going to make it tomorrow, it says. So tomorrow, so Friday, about their commitment to football and building this thing for the long haul. So some news for KU coming out soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a new facilities and a Lance Leipold extension. We'll see if that's the case. Uh, you guys will get news of that on Friday. This is being obviously recorded, as I mentioned, on Thursday. So I like Oklahoma State here. I'll lay the nine. I think they forced enough turnovers. Texas Tech's not a bad team. They're not a bad team. But Oklahoma State should be able to take care of them in this contest. Uh, I think they should. So I'll lay the nine. I'll take Oklahoma State in this one. I know I'm going pretty heavy favorite. Uh, last one that's actually in the Big 12 proper. 6.30 on ESPNU. Number 20, Kansas State at Iowa State. Over under a 45. So – this game is is very interesting because Iowa State's defense is really good. They are very good. Kansas State's offense has shown flashes of being really good. The Oklahoma game was there. And flashes of them just not being able to sustain long drives, and it's a really a whole lot of deuce fawn, deuce fawn, deuce fawn, we're short on fourth down or whatever. And where we're successful, it's big, explosive running plays. Uh, that's a lot of how they're getting this thing done. They had two two-play touchdown drives last week. There were times, you know, that 13-0 lead and stagnated. And then they took that lead in the fourth quarter and didn't give it back. They should on defense be able to make more plays, but it's a night game at Iowa State. Um, you know, it's tough environment. And so taking care of the football is gonna be is gonna be huge for them. Adrian Martinez is gonna have to step up a bit more in the passing game, I think, against once again, what is a really Really good Iowa State defense. Iowa State, for whatever they are on offense, is the number one scoring defense in the league right now. They kept it close with Baylor. We should be talking about an Iowa State win last week if their kicker makes some kicks, but they're not there. They're not that team yet. I think Kansas State should go in and win this game. I'll lay the two points. I will take Kansas State because if if you're serious about being a Big 12 title challenger, this is the kind of game that you have to go in and win. This is the kind of opportunity. It is not easy to win a Jack Trice. Baylor did it. Baylor got it done. And this Iowa State offense is not very good. Um, Kansas State's got the better team. Iowa State's defense may, may be on the level of Kansas State's defense, but personnel-wise, like Kansas State's defense, man, that playmakers all over the place, right? The two cornerbacks they've got, obviously. And, uh, you know, they got Deuce Green at linebacker. Uh, Daniel Green's been awesome for them. And also they've got Felix Anodike Uzama made a big play last week. Um, you know, who is, who's been fantastic, uh, and who is, you know, a disruptive player. They should be the better team here. They really should be Adrian Martinez. The star is growing brighter and brighter, but I'll tell you what, this will be a stiff test. You look at what Iowa state's been doing to teams. It is not pretty on the defensive side of the ball, right? It is not pretty for other teams. I'm, I should say on the defensive side of the ball, they're forcing, uh, they force turnovers as well. They've got five interceptions or excuse me. Um, uh, they've got uh, four interceptions on the season as well. So this is a team has done a really good job. Maybe not the best at getting pressure on the quarterback, right? But a solid defense that keeps everything in front of them uh, that, you know, th this season. So we'll see what Iowa state, if they can muster anything at home, kind of a last stand for how good this season can be, I guess you could say, or if they want to be kind of any kind of consideration or, or mix. Uh, all right. One more, a few more games to get to, excuse me. 
6.30 on ESPN2, Houston at Memphis. Man, talk about a last stand here. Houston, this is this is the opportunity, right? This is the game where you need to have uh, your last stand because you lost a third-string quarterback with Tulane, and this thing's looking ugly. I, we're going to have a conversation about Houston football next week, so I think you guys stay tuned for that. Um, also, Cincinnati, UCF. Good to see – or UCF, USF. Good to see Cincinnati back in the top 25. They should be there. It's where they belong. Top 25 team, probably the odds-on favorite right now to win the AAC. I haven't looked recently. Uh, UCF also got a not nice win last night against uh, an SMU team that's got a lot of weird transfer stuff. But they should put it on USF here. Last interesting game, 6.30 on NBC slash Peacock, BYU at Notre Dame. BYU still number 16 in the country. I know they took that bad loss to, uh, to Oregon, but BYU still has a chance to have an awesome season. Look, Talking about one one loss teams that could be a playoff team, you got to think about BYU. I know that loss to Oregon once again was not a very close game, forty-one to twenty in the end. But they didn't have Gunnar Romney, they didn't have Puka Nakua. They got a win against number nine Baylor, twenty-six to twenty. They've got wins over uh, Wyoming and uh, Utah State. They've got Notre Dame. They've got Arkansas. They've got Boise. Um, their their resume couldn't can still be pretty decent. Um, enough to get them without a conference championship game into the playoff? No, but to get them in New Year's Six? Yes. So a huge game here for them. Exciting opportunity because it's in Las Vegas as well. Let's just go with it. Let's go with BYU. Their offense is uh, is better. Then they, they, they win this football game. All right. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.